You are now tuned in to the Jags Den Podcast, the official podcast of the Jaguars Wire, brought to you by USA Today Sports Media Group, and also the number one Jaguars podcast on the airwaves. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Jags Den Podcast. I am your host, Phil Smith, a.k.a. Phil the Filipino. Of course, we are the official podcast for the Jaguars Wire via USA Today. Uh, make sure that you're checking us out on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio. And for you Spotify subscribers, we are now on Spotify, which is pretty great. And also USA Today has us on their Audio Boom Network. And I am joined by my colleagues, of course, James Johnson and Jacob DeLawrence. And a very, very special guest today, guys. The genius, the man, the myth, the legend behind the Bortles Facts Twitter page, Mike Tashone. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today, man? Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to get right into it, man. Uh, we thank you so much for joining us. We want to ask you uh, a couple questions, myself, Jay, and Jacob and I. And I just kind of want to get right into it, man. I know you're based out of New York. Uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. How did you become a Jaguars fan, and how did this account come to be? Uh, I've been watching the Jags since about 96. Um, I got hooked on the playoff run in 96. It kind of started because growing up in Albany, we're kind of right in a melting pot of Giants, Jets, and Bills. We're three hours from MetLife, and we're four hours from Buffalo. So we're right in the middle of the thick of everything. And I just really... We had no family. I had no family affiliation to a team, and it was the year after they come into the league. And I don't know, man. I I always hated the Bills. I still hate the Bills. I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> and I just got hooked. I wanted to see the Bills lose in that playoff game, and that's what got me hooked. <laughs> wow. And then uh, as for the as for the account, um, this was three years ago, because I mean, as you guys know, the team was future to watch for the past 10 years up to last year right. and um it, this was just something that i was doing for fun they you know thought it was stupid humor and it wasn't until it was about two years it had about 1500 followers and then it was um right around the seattle game this past season um i got contacted by the wall street journal they wanted to do a profile on it and Overnight, it went from about fifteen hundred followers to about forty thousand. Wow! And <laughs> that—that's where it started blowing up. And now, now over the past six months, yeah, we've gone from forty thousand to ninety-eight point three this morning. Wow! And and I don't mean to um, cut Jacob off, but it's it's just you running the account, Mike. It, it's just me, correct? Um, most, I mean, I'm writing all the tweets um a lot of them though too also are the people either tweet at me mm-hmm. message me on facebook or send me an email so right right nice man nice <laughs> couldn't be happy like i told you earlier couldn't be happier for a jazz fan to see you blow up like that though man that that was crazy though yeah it's been it's been fun um i, I love the jack like at the end of the day i just want to see the jacks win like all this stuff's cool but um, I was at the AFC title game this year, and that three-hour ride home felt like I was in the car oh. for three days, man. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, I may or may have not broken some furniture in my apartment. I cannot confirm or deny. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But yeah, Jake, well, you go ahead, man. 
Speaking of that title game, uh, Phil, you got anything you want to say real quick? Or are we going to go a week without that? I don't know. There was a certain player that may or may not have been down, definitely was not down, but we'll discuss it some other time. <laughs> okay, cool. So um, just real quick, uh, before I get to this question, what made you focus on Blake Bortles out of all the possible players to start to account for? Um, it's always, you know, the quarterback, I guess, gets the most attention. And uh, part of it was that he was just getting so much crap, obviously, that first cut those first couple seasons. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, too, that inspired the account was when I watched the NFL, I always laugh and I kind of can't stand when they throw a stat up on the screen where it's <laughs> something ridiculous to the point where you think, like, who took the time to go and look that up? <laughs> like, like, think about it. You'll see um, something like it'll say, you'll be watching a Packer game, and on the bottom it'll say, uh, in the final two minutes when Aaron Rodgers is playing the Lions, he's got a 91% completion percentage after he's been sacked seven times. Like, how do they come up with that, you know? <laughs> so that, that was kind of what started it, too, when people were, like, ragging him, oh, you know, another bust after playing Gabbert. And that's that's kind of where that came from. And it, it's just, I guess, because the quarterback's always, you know, the main focus of the team. Gotcha, gotcha. I mean, I would have loved to see like a Justin Blackman facts or you know something along that line. But hey, Blake Bortles works just as well. Everybody <laughs> really oh, short yeah, <laughs> But they would have been great jokes. But uh, that kind of brings us up to the next question: that uh, Bortles they signed him to an extension this past off season. How are you feeling about that? And looking back at 2017, how do you feel? Do you feel like he shed the label of being a bust? And what do you think about this? Do you think he's going to be able to duplicate his success or is he going to continue his trend of his career being up one season and then down the next? Um, I, I definitely don't hate that he's back. Uh, I, and obviously, too, because I'm having fun doing this account and whatnot. And, <laughs> right. uh, with, dude, <laughs> and, uh, in, for 2017, um, I don't know. I know those first couple of years were really rough and the whole team was rough, but I mean, Gus Bradley's like the worst head coach I've ever seen in my life. And I, I just felt like you needed to see what they had without him. And that was it. Last year was our first season with that. And we saw what we saw. And, you know, I they surprised the hell out of me. And I'm sure you guys do. And as for 2018, like – the team's better, but with that comes the schedule being a lot harder too. Um, I think he'll be fine. We'll see what happens though, because um, I, I think my biggest question too is like how the receivers are going to pan out. Right, that's that's a fair point. It's yeah. only twenty of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, Mike. We've talked about that before on the podcast too. How they got like I counted yesterday is twelve receivers, and then. Uh, it might be like eight more tight ends. So they, they like knocking on like 20 receivers, man. And they they going to have some filing down to do and some figuring out to do during training camp for real. Give me something to say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, and I mean, like, like Phil say, it makes you wonder, like, are they going to like run this old school diamond formation type type of deal or whatever? But Well, you know, yeah. exactly. like some of these games the last several years and a couple last year, man, it's like you were watching a team out of the 50s. Yeah, dude, like they, so, they're so like yeah. old school, like 
I mean, I know like Nate Hackett gets a lot of credit for what he's done with Blake Bortles and, and Marone and whatnot. But like when you get down to like the depths of their offensive scheme, they, they are pretty much as old school and basic as he gets, which is fine. Like that's not, that's not an issue in my book, but like they, they just look like a, a team like straight out of the nineties. If you ask me, I mean, the way they play and their formations and, and, and this, that, and the other. So uh, that said, uh, you pretty much answered my next question. So I'll ask you this um, for uh, the team as a whole, uh, what's your feeling in terms of like their, their Super Bowl outlook? Uh, do you are you one of those people that feels like Tony Romo, who we're going to talk about later, like that the Jaguars could possibly get over the hump this year and and surpass uh, what they did last year? Uh, again, I just they're better, but the schedule's tougher. But I still think that in this, I guess, I guess this isn't being a homer truly, but I do think they go twelve and four, mm-hmm. um, and that we finally get that Super Bowl that we were supposed to get in 99, the Rams and the Jags. Uh. <laughs> the Rams and the Jags, man. Don't, oh, don't do that to The me. Rams and the Jags. Yeah, I don't know about the Packers when Romo said that. Right, right. I mean, like, yeah, the, and we're going to talk about this later, me and the guys, but, yeah, the Packers – type deal is 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 a questionable one they got they still got holes they need to address they now they just started taking the approach of actually doing stuff in free agency because before like they were one of those teams that were never active in free agency until like Aaron Rodgers started complaining or whatever and it was like okay look we need more weapons we need to be more active in free agency and they finally caught on to that so we'll, we'll see how they do but um I think yeah like the Rams it is, that's not my personal pick, but yeah, that's more realistic than the Packers. Oh, yeah, I definitely could right. see that. It really, at the, the end of the day, doesn't matter. It it really doesn't matter at the end of the day because <laughs> Blake Bortles is going to beat him in the Super Bowl anyway. <laughs> we had a poll up on the Twitter account recently that got over thirty five thousand votes, asking how many touchdown passes people think Blake's going to throw this mm-hmm. year. Eighty percent of the votes, eighty percent of the people voted over a thousand. So <laughs> oh God! <laughs> yes, I w- oh my God! The brand is strong. That's probably it. The brand is strong. I mean, some some wow. people wouldn't even go as far as calling it a cult. Like I seen one dude on on YouTube, like he he called it a cult, and he was like just going off. He was like, "You can throw all the Blake Bortles facts at me that you want, but the guy just stinks." It was like he was literally mad at like the following behind the account, but. Yeah, I'm with you on it, Mike. <laughs> I didn't catch that. Yeah, I, I, I'll link it to you one day, or the guy, if I can ever find it. It was a while ago, but yeah, it was some dude that does sports reviews or whatever trying to – he was probably trying to get his account popping is what he was really trying to do, but hey, whatever. <laughs> to each his own, bro. <laughs> so, yeah, Phil, um, I think you got the next question. Yeah, yeah. So um, it was pretty pretty great to see you on uh, on Monday Night Raw. We wanted to hear a little bit about that ordeal. I heard that they actually made you take the sign down, and you know, one of my, also leads into one of my one of my favorite uh, Blake Bortles facts, which is between Blake Bortles and the newly reinstated Hall of Famer Hulk Hogan, they have combined for twelve World Heavyweight Championship runs. Uh, so what was that experience like? I mean, did, did anybody there like know who you were based off the signs or anything like that? And why did they make you put it down? 
so I've been a fan, actually, of the WWE since about 92. My first show that I went to was actually the 92 Rumble, which Flair won, which um, wow. Blake Bortle fact for you is Blake Bortles and the Nature Boy Ric Flair have combined for 16 a little bit. World <laughs> um, Woo! I went to yeah, Bob Rump. <laughs> Rose here in Albany back in May, and I was sitting ringside, uh, right on the TV side. So uh, I brought the Blake Bortles was undefeated in the WWE, and Miles Jack was down. And those got on TV right in the opening promo that they did. And throughout the show, uh, we got I think it was in the second hour, and they were doing a segment with Ronda Rousey, and she was in the middle of the ring, and the, the cameraman was in the corner post facing directly at us. So the Blake sign was right behind her head the entire promo. And uh, the the camera guy was uh, signaling with his other hand to put the sign down. And then we had security come over and say that if the sign went up again, that um, we had got to leave because the sign wasn't relevant to the show. <laughs> Meanwhile, you have somebody in the front row holding up a sign that said, Hi, Grandma. And they never got... <laughs> so I'm guessing Vince McMahon is a uh, Patriot fan because that, oh, that's yeah, the I only think. thing I could chalk it up to. The whole family, probably him, Triple H, and Steph. It wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> they seem like Patriots fans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I'll be uh, I'll be at SummerSlam next month, so I'm not going to be on TV side, but we'll see if we can make something else like that happen. Please, please make something happen. Whatever your yeah, I would definitely be looking for you. You probably should do a poll on like which um, Blake Bortles facts you should make a sign for for that event specifically. I mean, even though they might make you take it down, <laughs> but still, you know, <laughs> just a suggestion. <laughs> I'm also sure you're. Uh... Very excited to see Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar for the ninth time. So look forward to that. Woo! Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. Um, I heard the show is actually going to be five hours long, um, which that's brutal, man. I went to WrestleMania in Orlando last year, and that was from the pre-show all the way to the end. We were in our seats for seven and a half hours. Jeez. Way too long. Oh, my God. Way too long. But, uh, the, but in the WWE, yeah. Uh, Blake's undefeated in the WWE, the UFC. We got the MLB, the NBA, the CFL, the NHL, and the XFL. Hey, that's 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 some high accolades right there, bro. That sounds like the greatest quarterback I'm of all time you, to me. You forget? Not many can say that. You forgot the WCW too. <laughs> yeah, and ECW. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Blake being undefeated, here's something that uh, a lot of people kind of know but aren't aware of. Blake is kind of undefeated when it comes to charity work in the Jacksonville area, and you recently did some work with Blake and his uh, foundation, the PP5 Foundation. Exactly. Could you fill us in on what the foundation is and exactly what you did with them? Yeah, so um, when this started taking off back in December, um, because now there was a power base, I guess, to actually pay attention to it, um, I thought of reaching out to them and kind of doing something with them and their foundation was established in 2016 and they support, uh, both kids and adults in Jacksonville that have intellectual and developmental disabilities. And they also help, uh, first responders. So, um, I had the idea because again, we have the built in fan base now on the account 
to do some t-shirts and with a portion of all sales going directly to them. So right now on the account, there, there's a pin tweet with a new shirt that we launched today. And, you know, on that page, you'll see all the other products. But, um, yeah, a portion of every shirt that we sell, and there's also hoodies, goes directly to them. So it's been a good way to give back, um, especially with the account getting all this attention. I, I'm glad that we're able to do something and get some good out of it, uh, other than the uh, last. <laughs> right, and that is for a great cause. There are there are two uh, wrestling themed shirts up there. We have Bortles three sixteen and Bortomania with the Hulkamania fan. Here's my question: What does Bortles three sixteen mean? <laughs> um, no, I don't have a fact for you on that one. <laughs> All right, mission accomplished. I had one goal, and I was to stop him to see if he didn't have a fact. I'm done. We can go home now. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike, it's uh, it's awesome. No, I'm I'm sure you've had you know contact with with Blake when you when have you when you spoke to him. You know what what is the, what kind of comments does he have about the account? Um, I I don't, I'm not sure if you guys saw the thing on NFL Network the other night, but yeah, uh, I, that was news to me that night that uh, Blake's mom, I guess, screenshots all of them and texts them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. Um, and then someone, a couple people tweeted at us a couple of days ago um, at a golf event saying that they were talking to him with the account and said he's a fan of it. So that's pretty cool. I mean, it's cool that like the guy that's the base of the account is a fan of it, I suppose. Right. Especially considering like I, he, that he, that he's seen them all like that Tom Brady's got 10 times as many playoff losses as him, 10 to one. Right. Uh, that he's prevented more truck thefts. One and the Bills have playoff wins since '95. I mean, we're talking about our Jaguars have a quarterback that's thrown 105 touchdown passes to, to a combined 10 NFL teams. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> pretty that impressive. is pretty impressive. <laughs> the big short career too, that is really good. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I can. Uh, I don't know if I can speak for. For Jane Jacob, but I have you know just personally run into to Blake. He always is really a super nice guy. Um, ran into out here at Jack's Beach out of the bars a couple times, <laughs> but super nice guy. And uh, you know, just in, enjoying his life. So um, it's it's really great to see the site getting all this success and that Blake is such a big fan on it, of it. So Mike, you know, we're we're gonna let you uh, go on with your day. We thank you so much for joining us. But really quick, do you have any future projects you want to plug? I know you talked about the T-shirts and of course the Blake Bortles Foundation. Anything else you want to plug or talk about? Uh, we'll be doing something next month, uh, right before week one, uh, with FanDuel. We're going to be doing a really fun contest on FanDuel, where uh, to enter, Boyd Bortles has to be your quarterback. Um, other than that, you pick your team. So uh, that'll be a lot of fun. It'll, I did get a call up to Boyd Bortles Invitational. Nice. <laughs> I, I'm gonna definitely try that out. I mean, I, I've tried Blake a few times on FanDuel and have actually won some money. Not necessarily first place, but some money. <laughs> so, absolutely. Well, hey, if you're ever in Jacksonville for a game this year, definitely let us know. We'll we'll do some tailgating and and stuff like that. But thank you so much for joining us, man. And and take care. And we can't see. Uh, wait to see what's next. Awesome. I'll be down there actually for the Jets game, so I'll, I'll be sure to get in touch with you guys. Thank you. Cool. Looking forward to it, man. Thanks, Mike. Take care. All right. You too.
Well, that was really awesome of Mike to to join us, and uh, just as advertised, that was super inter- entertaining. Um, but yeah, we want to get into some topics here. We touched a little bit on it with uh, with Mike talking about Tony Romo's Super Bowl prediction, which was Jags Packers. Of course, you know we definitely want to see Jacksonville in their very first Super Bowl. What are our thoughts about the Packers? I mean, Jay, you kind of shared your thoughts about being the opponents for the Jaguars. I mean, really, just this comes down to, of course, you know, everybody being on on Aaron Rodgers and being the second coming. But what do you guys, I mean, Jacob, what do you think about that? I mean, the Packers really. Um, so that's banking on a lot of things. That's banking that Rodgers is healthy coming off of the shoulder issues and everything. That's also banking that the Packers are able to do what the Packers do. And that's basically take no name receivers hmm. and make them into household names and look better than what they are. Also, Packers, Saints, Falcons, the 49ers are better. You have the Eagles. You have the Giants. You have – who else are we forgetting here? Oh, the Rams. So, um, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, they picked up Muhammad Wilkerson and Jenny, uh, Jimmy Graham. And like I said, Rodgers should be back fully healthy. I'm just not seeing the Packers getting out the NFC. That defense has always been questionable at best at most of, most of uh, Rodgers' tenure there. So I guess Aaron's just going to ball and go on another run, another run, which is highly capable. But, yeah, I'm not putting my money on uh, the Packers. If I got to go to Vegas, I'm taking the field over the Packers. Yeah, just like you said, like if especially if – I mean, if it just comes down to Aaron just balling out, which, like you said, he's – definitely capable of doing he's going to run into complete teams you know on on the way with like you said with with la and even even new orleans and um obviously philly those are all teams that are better i mean you the teams that made the playoffs in the nfc south alone might be better than the packers i just i don't know where he's he's coming from when he when he goes with that pick i don't know yeah man i mean like like I've said plenty of times, I'm a Falcons fan secondarily. That's who I want, I personally want to see represent the NFC. And, I mean, I, I think they are even capable of beating Aaron Rodgers if if it came down to, you know, them in the playoffs. Um, I mean, if, if I was a betting man, I, I would probably put the money on Rodgers. But, like, that's not to say the Falcons aren't capable of, of beating the Packers. They very well could beat them if it came down to a playoff matchup. So, you know, like you said, there's them. Um, like, and you, I don't see nobody. If we being honest, like I think the Eagles, and I don't see nobody getting past the Eagles. I think they could very well at least be in the Super Bowl for the second year. Um, I mean, yeah, history says that probably won't happen. But when you look at their team, you know, it just goes back to what we said about the Jaguars and, and what we're about to talk about later, and uh, being able to put a lot of talent onto one team when you don't have a lot of money invested into the quarterback position. The Eagles are a prime example of that. They got Carson Wentz on a, a, a cheap rookie deal, or I, I wouldn't say cheap because I think he was like, what, the first overall pick or um, he went first, second yeah. pick. Yeah. So, I mean, like, but he's still at an affordable contract. And like, you look at just how deep that team is around him because of that alone. I mean, that defensive line, you could argue that defensive line deeper than Jacksonville's. I mean, if you want to get into an argument about it. I mean, I, I wouldn't say they're better than our defensive line, but they, they certainly have a rotation that nobody is seeing. 
in the NFL. So, you know, it's them, you know, the Vikings. Um, I think the Vikings. Oh, that's who I forgot. Yeah, Thank the you. Vikings, man. I think they're going to make some moves and some progress. You know, they, they're going to come back with vengeance on their mind after what happened with the with the Saints um, late in the season. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't agree with Romo on that. But, I mean, he did say he thinks the Packers did improve on defense is why he went to that pick. And Aaron Rodgers being back, of course, is going to help. But um, most importantly, he, he liked the improvements to their secondary. Um, I Me personally, I haven't even looked into their secondary and seen who they added and whatnot. I know they re-signed Devon House. <laughs> And if they banking on him to save them, then oh, okay, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, I, I think I think uh, I would prefer to go with like Philly or the Eagles or or like um, not Philly, Philly or the Vikings or like Phil said, one of the teams from the NFC South. Personally, I'm trying to look up the um transactions Green Bay has made thus year. Of course, they did add the uh, um. Didn't they get uh they got Mercedes Lewis right? Isn't that where yeah, he went? For I think one oh, or yeah. two years he there. And they're they're actually so you know he got the greatest about... tight end in NFL history. <laughs> right. So. Uh, they sent Tremont Williams, the Devon House, Jair Alexander, Josh Jackson. Oh yeah, they did get um Zaire in the draft, right? Jair, yeah. Okay, so yeah, that that would explain what Roma was talking about. In terms of them upgrading their secondary, um, yeah, those are still unknowns, right, though. You know, right. those are key players. Exactly. So you, we'll it's see. not like they're surefire hits. Like when when the Jazz drafted Jalen Ramsey, you knew what was up. You know, and yeah. like even you can even argue kind of like with Marshawn Lattimore. Like when the Saints got him, you knew like okay, he he has a chance to be very good. Like you can't say that same thing for Alexander and um they got another corner too that you mentioned feeling like I think the second round or whatever. Uh Josh Jackson. Yeah. So like those guys are a little bit more of unknowns like you said as opposed to the the blue chippers. Yeah, well, I definitely agree with at least half of that prediction, but the Packers thing is kind of uh, yet to be seen. So we We'll see. Um, now, the other thing we want to get into, Blake Bortles was on Sirius uh, uh, Radio the other day stating that he had modeled his contract after Tom Brady's by taking less money so that it would benefit the team. So, Jay, how does this uh, how is this benef- benefiting the Jags? And do you feel like other quarterbacks should take this route or are you an advocate of, hey, get your money, man, even no matter what it no matter what it costs the team? Well, I'll, I'll first say this, and this ain't a knock on Blake. Like, I don't, I don't think Blake was really in the position to to pull the front office tail about how much he wanted in the first place. You know, I mean, and what I mean by that is, you know, a lot of people could say, oh, he can go get paid elsewhere if Jacksonville won't pay him. Um, but you know, I think Jacksonville is higher on Blake Bortles than anybody else. So his best chance to get a good contract was in Jacksonville. Anybody else? probably would have paid him less or got him on a one-year deal or something like that. So, like, what I'm trying to say is I think Jacksonville might be the only team that would have paid Blake Bortles as they did. And um, But that being said, though, you, you I do like where his mindset is and how he's thinking on this um, because he's right. He's absolutely right. You you do need pieces around him, and, and especially him being – I mean, he – I think Blake knows that he's not a top-tier quarterback and he has some room to grow and some things to improve on. He knows it's going to take a team effort. It can't just be him. You know, he's going to need a big-body receiver 
uh, which they went out and got with Austin Safarian Jenkins. He's going to need that defense to lean on. You know, and people are going to call him a game manager, this, that, and the other. But B- Blake knows what he is. He understands that, and, and he is right. Uh, quarterbacks can't cripple their team by taking up a bulk of the cap space. You know, like, you, you see this. It's funny because you see the whole type of deal with um, the players getting mad about what the NBA players are making. Like, me personally, I agree that there's a big discrepancy between the NFL pay and NBA pay. But I think the players, the players need to address the discrepancy between what quarterbacks make and the rest of the league is making too. Like they make so much more, you know. Jay, not to cut you off, but um, I mean, isn't that the not to this may be putting it too harsh, but isn't that the players' fault though that they're not getting this money? I mean, they had the opportunity to negotiate this, and this is where they're at now. That they have the opportunity to try and get NBA money, but they made. I feel like they kind of made compromises that maybe they shouldn't have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me, you, and Jacob have talked about this, or we've texted about this. I say it all the time. The current CBA and the conditions the players are in right now is their fault. Because when that CBA, the last one came about, when was it? In 20 what? About 14. Yeah, no, about 12, somewhere. Right. They. I feel like they weren't saving their money prior like they're trying to do now. Now they get it. They're trying to save their money heading to the CBA. They weren't saving their money prior, and they they got in the bind to where it was like, okay, hey, look, we got to get back on the field, you know, and they just they settled. It is what it is. They settled. That Yeah, you're right. That is their fault. But what I was saying is before they can even start hollering about the discrepancy between NFL pay and NBA pay, they need to be trying to close the gap between – what others make and the quarterbacks are making is what I'm saying. They, they haven't even figured that out yet. It's like, you know, why are the quarterbacks? I mean, and I understand it's the most important position of the game, but the discrepancy, in my opinion, shouldn't be that big because ultimately that person is limiting in, in, in modern day NFL with a cap space. He's limiting what that team can do anyway. So like, that's just where I'm Yeah, going. but. Let me play devil's advocate for a bit. I understand why anybody says go get your money, go get your money, especially in football. Your shelf span is like five years. Absolutely. Period. So by all means, I understand the, oh, I'm going to go get paid. The case of point of Drew Brees and several other players, Matthew Stafford, I'm going to go get paid. I'm going to go get mine. The thing with quarterbacks and discrepancy between the pay, it's who's the face? Who do you see? They're quarterbacks. Very rarely do you see wide receivers and running backs and linemen being in commercials. We have the exceptions with Antonio Brown. That's basically what just breaks down to. Also, this isn't a player's league, period, point blank, plain and simple. The NBA has always been more or less a player's league. Mm-hmm. Since yeah, they my, run everything. Since back in the 80s with Magic, right. the league smartened up and was like, oh, we have players. Let's market them. The players were like, all right, let's work with you. We get it. That's how you got the finals off of tape delay in the 80s. Right. It's been a player's league. NFL's like, hey, shut up, go do what we say. Yep. You want you need proof? Go look at the whole anthem protest and everything. So, yeah, else. it's the owners and Roger Goodell league. All right. It's controlled by the owners, and the owners happen to be large, old billionaires. Right. It's just that, what it is, is hey, this is my house. You do what you have right. to do. Go look at the Texans owner. And as far as the CBA goes, the last one, the lockout happened in 2011. It was four months. Yeah, they gave up a lot. They just wanted they really did not think it all the way right. through. It's basically I remember what it how was. much they loved the franchise tag back then too. 
Yeah. Demar Smith is again, not a good leader either. Just like we're saying, Roger Goodell ain't a good leader for, in my opinion, at least. Just like we we could say Roger Goodell is not a good leader for the yeah, NFL. Yeah, surprised he got he got reelected. To be honest. Yeah, both need to go. To be right, completely right. honest. Right. So that at the top on both sides, they you know they have the wrong people. So the, I mean, that explains why the NFL is where they are right now. And one other thing, just looking at the NFL, and you mentioned the franchise tag, Phil, that's the only league that has anything like that. They are designed to make sure you do not benefit and get your free market value. Baseball will throw money at you like, hey, it's fully guaranteed. Whatever. If I screw up, I screw up. <laughs> Basketball will give you a 10-year deal. Sure. Take it. <laughs> yeah. Look at our pool holes. Mm-hmm. Ask the Angels if they're really feeling com- comfortable with that deal they gave pool holes. Mm-hmm. I mean, but look at the NBA. They'll give you a guaranteed set amount. They make it percentages of the cap. It's structured. It's logical. Football is basically, we'll give you the guarantee in your signing bonus, or we'll front-load it and back-load it. But if you don't touch the field, you don't see your money. There's nothing guaranteed outside of a signing bonus. That needs to be changed. And franchise tag, Le'Veon Bell is getting paid $14.5 million this year. The list of people who make more money than Le'Veon Bell guaranteed would be Ryan Tannehill, mm-hmm. Blake Bortles, and there was one other name, and I saw it early, and I stopped, and I looked, and I went, really? Right. So it's the players, basically, if you want to fix the CBA, you want to fix the money issues, need a lockout. Mm-hmm. But Bortles is right for the whole, I got to take less to win because he can't do it by himself. We, we had that experience with two better receivers than we have now, and it did not work well. Also, factor in, we had a questionable coach, but mm-hmm. I'll give Blake credit. He's smart enough for that, so he knows, hey, I got to pay Jalen Ramsey in a couple of years. Right. We probably going to have to pay Miles Jack or Fowler or somebody. Yannick. Yeah. Yeah, Yannick going to get Calais, like, uh, and, and you got to keep at least, I mean, I think you have to keep at least two of those three guys. If You can't, uh, I mean, and right. because there's a chance that one of them walks because they're going to they're gonna demand more money elsewhere. Which is understandable, but you got to keep at least two of them. Right. If one or of them stay, I mean, get especially Jalen. Right. You can't lose. If Jaylen. all three of them stay, I'm convinced. If all three of them stay, this is how the order is going to go. Um, it's basically Yannick and Jalen are going to be the priorities because obviously they play premium positions. All right, so they're going to be the priorities. Miles Jack, who plays the middle linebacker, now he was a strong side backer. He'll probably be the third priority. I'm I'm convinced that he. If he wants to stay and he likes what he sees here in Jacksonville and the team is winning and they, they let's say they win a Super Bowl or get close to winning another one, that might be enough to persuade him to take less, which he, I mean, he, he doesn't have to do and you can't blame him for doing it, but kind of like, like we, you know what Telvin Smith did basically when Telvin Smith contract came out, we was like, what in God's name? Like he, you know, he could have got a lot more than he did. So I think of the three, I think Miles Jack is going to be the guy that has to to maybe take less if it comes to that. Uh, but they, the Jags are very well with their cap management skills. They very well could pay him handsomely too. Um, so, but yeah, on, right. on to what Jacob was saying about the um, the CBA and the players getting their money. Oh yeah, I totally understand. I, I get that you know players need to get their money because you look at the after effects. And me and Phil talked about this on a podcast of uh, what what happens after football and the body and how it breaks down. They absolutely are right to get every penny that they want. Um, all, all I'm saying with the quarterback situation is that, that you do realize that by you saying you want all of this money, 
you do realize that you are crippling a team in, in the modern day era that has a cap space. You are crippling what they could put around them. And you are crippling essentially what is your chance to get a Super Bowl. So I think like I think players should think more about that. Ben Roethlisberger is a prime example. Um, I mean, he, he's hogging up a lot of the cap space in Pittsburgh, if I'm not mistaken. And now, like, you got the situation where Le'Veon Bell been asking for a contract for three years. Like, it's getting old with Le'Veon Bell at this point. Yeah, he's gone after this year. Right. So, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're the quarterback, yeah, it's fine to get your money. You have every right to want to get that money. But don't be the one complaining that, hey, they ain't putting enough around me or they're not doing things how I want them to do it. Like, after you done hogged up, like, a third of the cap space or what have you. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of quarterbacks that do that, they understand, all right, I'm probably not going to get much around me in terms of free agents, so hopefully I got a competent enough front office to draft, which is probably what Matthew Stafford was thinking, Mm -hmm. and that hasn't worked out. And then Breeze was like, all right, I need to get mine real quick, take these few lumps, and then, all right, you know what? Let me go ahead and try to get one more on the way out. So it's a tricky business. Yeah, because... You're killing yourself. You are literally playing to basically cripple and question your quality of life down the road. Because by the time you retire at 32, 35, maybe 40 or near that, if you're lucky, you got to think, eh, what's life like going to be when I'm 60? Like, you got to look at the junior sales and everybody else. It's you're playing a sport designed to shorten your lifespan. So I'll never say don't go get it, but. You just got to think, yeah, man, I ain't got a Super Bowl, man. I mean, we make the playoffs. Right, yeah. You Basically what you're saying, you got to prioritize if you want to win or, you know, like, what's your priority? Do you want to win or, like, are you trying to get every penny you can before it's all over? Like, and you can't, you can't be mad with either route, you know what I'm saying? You really can't. And just, you know, it's, it's hard. It's very, I think it's easy to argue both sides of these. Both sides of these points, but the NFL is just the prime example of what have you done for me lately. Jay, you put up an article a couple of days ago about four starters that probably won't be with the team next year. And we read your comments, guys. Okay, we're reading your comments. We know what you're saying. All right, and people are uh, Church and Malik Jackson aren't going anywhere. Wake up, you guys. They just drafted Malik Jackson's replacement. Barry Church is going to be 31 next year. And they probably, they'll probably have excellent seasons just like they did last year. And they're going to be kicked out. After, after yes, the they drafted. They drafted Church's replacement. Yeah, they drafted Ronnie Harrison. Yeah, Ronnie's gonna come take that spot real right, quick. And I did. It's I did about, make the note that Jackson has money. a chance to stay of them. Like Jackson was the one that had a chance. He has a chance to stay with the Jacksonville Jaguars. All I'm saying is his cap figure is a little high. But like, yeah, like you said, Phil. Like, and this is the thing. The reason I wrote that about Church is because when when I went to the practices or whatever, like you know, people were talking about like how Ronnie is already catching on fast. You don't have to tell him where to line up. And, like, I mean, you look at his contract in comparison to Church, it looks like this guy, If I mean, granted the pads weren't known, but if he continues this through training camp, it looks like he's primed to, to replace Church for much, you know, for a much cheaper deal than Church's $6 million cap figure. So that, that that's what I took into consideration with that article. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely um... – I'm sorry. I was just looking at this <laughs> this tweet that Blake Bortles facts just oh, tweeted out. You guys gotta go see it. So the I Bills think I just saw it fly the, by. <laughs> the Bills tweeted out they spelled out their name, like they spelled out Bills in all heart emojis for World Emoji Day. And then <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and then Mortals Facts subtweeted it and spelled out suck in all um, boat emojis. <laughs> Hold on, I'm getting to it right now, bro. Oh my god. Dude, oh my. Dude, shout out to Mike, man. Mike, like, the best thing that ever happened to Jazz Twitter, Mike, man. Mike got off the podcast and immediately went to work. That's what he went to Proud Jazz fan, man. Anyway, but uh, but yeah, overall, what, what we were talking about, Blake's got the right idea. He knows he he needs he knows he needs a good squad around him, and uh, just like you said, Jay, I think he knows that he's. I think he's very self aware. He's very woke, if I if I um, if I put it that way. Right. So, but anyway, we're gonna move on. Um, we finally got Taven Bryan's uh, Taven Bryan inked to a four year deal. I'm pulling up the numbers right here. Four year deal worth ten point two million dollars with a five point five million dollar signing bonus, and it's right before the rookies are set to report here to camp. Um, so yeah, what will um, we're pretty excited to see what what he can do. Um, we weren't totally sold on the pick, but hey, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Jay, anything else to report on that or? Nah, man. Aside from uh, you know, Ian pointed out that um, he got he got a, a a very good deal for where he was drafted. So I was trying to figure out like as to what he meant by that. I was trying to look up the figures and and see like what a 29th overall pick is supposed to make, but um. I could never figure that out. But, yeah, apparently Taven got paid. Um, he got paid well for where he was drafted. And, um, I mean, yeah, we weren't high on the pick. But I'm, I'm still excited to see, like, what he does. Because as we just talked about, he, he's going to have to replace either Malik or Calais down the road. And um, when I was at practice, they used him at strong side a lot. So I think we're going to see him a lot at defensive end this year. I wouldn't expect big numbers if he's playing on the strong side as a defensive end. But um, still, nonetheless, excited to see how he develops because he is going to be a key part of the defensive line in the future. Absolutely. Well, hopefully he'll uh, he'll he'll show out because, like you said, he is. It does appear to be the heir apparent. Uh, Jacob, were you going to say something? I was going to say I'm guessing that uh, Ian was saying it was a solid deal because he got basically six mil for a signing bonus mm-hmm. to be drafted that late in the first round. Yeah, that's what I think he's going off of. Otherwise, because it's basically what a little less than two and a half, a little more than two and a half mil a year. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming it's a six million dollar signing bonus. That was a solid bit, which, hey, go get paid, young man. Like we just said, go get paid. So uh, hopefully Definitely. he comes in and adds some depth and contributes right away because he will likely take probably Calais or Malik's spot. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I want to key in on this, too. Um, the. And we, we were just talking about, you know, how the league underpays people. But the Jags, for, for the confines of the system, I will say they do pay their rookies and they, they pay their players right or accordingly, should I say, to the, according to the system. Because um, last year, if y'all recall, then Leonard Fournette, like, he got his whole contract guaranteed, right? I believe so. Yeah. Which, so, I mean, like, I don't know, just kudos to the front office for, like, you know, just – you know, trying to do better than other front offices in terms of taking care of, like, their own and, and the rookies and whatnot. Um, I know Dante Fowler's deal, you know, he tore his ACL before he even signed the paper. But they were like, look, man, we got you. They took care of him. Um, so I, I just kind of wanted to touch on that. I like that from the front office. 
All right, as well. The very last thing we want to get into here is the Jaguars recently released, uh, recently revealed their training camp dates that are going to be open up to the public. If you haven't been to one of these guys, they're a lot of fun. Jay and I, especially when Jay was based here in Jacksonville, would go to them all the time. Um, and, and they're a lot of fun. Um, they are during the week for the most part and also early in the morning. So, you know, if you can get off work or if you're off that day, definitely come through. So here are the dates that um, that they released here for that are going to be open to the public. <clears throat> Excuse me. The first one's going to be Thursday, July 26th from 1030 a.m. to 1 p.m. The next one will be the following day, Friday, July 27th, 1030 a.m., 1 p.m. again. Saturday will be open exclusively to Jags 365 season ticket members. Um, that'll be Saturday, July 28th, 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. Then another one on Monday, July 30th, 10.30 to 1 again. July 31st, same time, 10.30 to 1. Um, then another one August 1st, 2nd as well. Now, the the fun one is uh, the one that's going to be on August 3rd, which is going to be 6 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. That's the Florida um, the Florida Blue Fla- uh, Family Night practice, which is a lot of fun. They open up the stadium for everybody, and always at the very end of the practice, you know, the players go around, they talk to you, and they, they sign autographs and all that kind of stuff. Um, those are a lot of fun. Make sure you go. You do have to register in advance, so make sure you go to jaguars.com slash training camp. Um, but it's a really good opportunity for fans to come out and see how see how the team looks and and things of that nature. So, um, Jay, you know, share some of your experiences. What, just like I said, you know, these are a lot of fun to come to. And if you guys can make it, you know, why should people um, attend? So, so yeah, um, me and Phil actually we we've been to a couple, especially when Gus Bradley was there. Um, me, Phil, and Eric engage. I've been to a couple of the Florida Blue practice nights or whatever they used to, the scrimmage that they used to have in the stadium. Um, nice fan-friendly atmosphere. You know, you get signatures and this, that, and other. You get a preview of the team. You know, it, it's kind of like a mini game, if you will. Um, and the kids really enjoy it. So um, they, they definitely should come out for um, that, that um, Florida Blue night, which is, is not a scrimmage anymore. But the, the practice is still, it's kind of it kind of simulates the game, if you will. And in terms of the training camps, yeah, if you guys can make it, feel free to come out. Uh, you know, we Phil is based in Jacksonville now. Maybe Jacob can come. We'll, we'll be out there um, getting some notes and whatnot, uh, maybe on the field and whatnot. Only thing is it's going to be hot, of course, um, so be prepared to deal with the heat. I almost died on the pra- at the practices I went to. I felt like I needed some Gatorade out there, but um, – <laughs> oh yeah shout out to one time i went and uh telvin smith gave me a gatorade so shout out to telvin for uh looking out see look man i'm from the same area code and he ain't never, he you never gave me nothing <laughs> as simple as i ain't even got an autograph from telvin bro like I'm, I'm to be fair a bunch of players said no before telvin came over <laughs> and i said hey hey man can you give me a gatorade i don't have any money mm-hmm. <laughs> nice and oh so you're a charity case he felt bad for you one so that's what's up, man. That's how we do sure, it. Whatever. Two, two, nine, it I don't care. <laughs> I have no shame when it comes to asking for free stuff. I don't care. It doesn't matter. It's free. I don't care. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, uh, definitely should be an exciting training camp. Um, even though a lot of stuff is pretty much settled as opposed to years past, especially at the starting position. Uh, but uh, the receiver position, as we as we said plenty of times, it's gonna be, Can't wait to see yeah, that. Yeah, that's six receiver, five tight ends. Right, right. So for those who, who have all these questions that's been hitting no us up time. on Jags Wire about the receivers, this is your chance to see them in person. Uh, check out Moncrief and, and Lee and, and DJ Chark in person. And, um, yeah, just the whole team in general. Andrew Norwell, the new additions and whatnot. 
Um, so I, I think fans are, are really going to enjoy this year. It's definitely a lot of fun. Hopefully we can bring you some some solid coverage there from from training camp on those open dates. Um, but other than that, guys, that's pretty much all we wanted to to talk about here uh, today. Of course, it was awesome of Bortles Facts, Mike Deshaun, to to join us. That was a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoyed that. And, and we're hoping to get some more really exciting guests on the show very, very soon. Um, but yeah, guys, um, if you want to talk, uh, talk about anything you guys have going on, any future projects, Jacob, if you want to talk about that first, how's the, uh, uh, how's the basketball going? Uh, it's going pretty good. It's live period now, which basically means college coaches can be in the gym now and actually talk to people. So fun times around here. Just got back from Atlanta, but the tournament looked in one gym. There had to be easily a hundred coaches lined up on the wall. Oh my God! Did you guys, uh, Jay? Did Boogie tell you about this? Uh, by the way, that he was in the hotel where that. Remember that huge brawl, that like AAU brawl. Like he was staying <laughs> yeah. in that hotel. Did you hear about that? Nah, did he man. tell you that? <laughs> wait, yeah. Wait, how are you telling me some stuff on my own nephew that I didn't even? We were know? playing Fortnite, and he was like, "Hey." He was like, remember that big fight, that like AAU fight? He was like, yeah, we were staying in that hotel. <laughs> like, we saw one of the players. Oh, my God. He didn't tell me about it. Well, see, I wasn't on Fortnite at that time, I don't think. I got on late. But still, yeah. wow. Just just crazy, man. <laughs> <laughs> that AAU scene, man, it's it's nuts. Uh, but um, <laughs> I'll let uh, Jay close out here in a second. But um, really quick for me, um, as mentioned before, I'm back here. Uh, in Jacksonville, Florida, so hopefully I'm going to be able to bring you guys a lot of Jaguar-related content. I'm also over on the Wait For It podcast with my co-host Eric Cerna. We just posted a couple new episodes today. Um, just for the record, I did try to have you guys on for a LeBron James podcast, and you were both busy. So don't give me any more crap, because I tried. <laughs> so hopefully Did you uh, really? Yes, I did. But uh, we'll have some more some more content coming up uh, for you. We just recently reviewed Ant-Man and the Wasp, um, the season three premiere of Attack on Titan, as well as finished up the Disney bracket that we started back in the Bush administration, I believe. So we finally got that done. Uh, but yeah, so that's uh, Phil the Filipino, F-I-L-I-P-I-N-O, and wait for it pod on Twitter. And that's on iTunes and SoundCloud. So yeah. So yeah, for... Uh... For me, uh, it's mostly stuff leading people up to training camp, um, as y'all have seen. Like, I've done them sparingly over the past couple weeks, but the positional previews, I'm done with the offense. Feel free to check those out. Just did the receivers today, uh, this morning, round four. So check that out. That's up. Uh, I've done the tight ends. I've done the offensive line. I've done the running backs. And um, before camp starts, I will look to continue the previews on the defensive side. I'll probably group them as the defensive line linebackers and I'll do the secondary all together. So feel free to check those out when I get those up um, prepping you guys for training camp. As I said, um, I'm looking forward. I mean, cause my, my day job has me off a lot. So looking forward to training camp and going to actually attend once again. Um, it might be on the sidelines or it might be as a fan either way. Uh, you know, I'll be joining Phil and maybe Jacob on the sidelines. We'll get some reporting done for you guys there. And, um, you know, that's pretty much it. Sounds like a plan for me. All right, guys. Well, hey, thanks once again. Make sure you check out all uh, check out the podcast and all media outlets that we're available on. iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Audio Boom, and now Spotify. But 
thank you so much for joining us. And one more time, thank you so much to Mike Deshaun of Blade Portals Facts for coming on. You guys stay safe, and we'll see you next time. Go Jaguars. Miles Jack wasn't down. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I'm getting tired of hearing that, but I actually might leave that in, though. (laughs) 